You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Can the Sacramento Kings make it two straight wins against the Spurs in San Antonio? Six straight wins overall. They'll have the chance tonight. We haven't had a podcast since the first victory for the Kings over the Spurs, 132-115 to a couple nights ago. I will go over that game for you. Some of my biggest takeaways, including the new guys looking really solid off the bench for the Kings. Marvin Bagley is not with the team right now while he recovers from his injury. To me, it's a really, really bad look. And And if he is being instructed to stay away from the team to recover, I think the Kings need to publicly come out and say something. If not, Marvin, you're not looking too hot. I'll tell you why. Plus, Kings, Spurs tonight, the rematch, what I expect from this game. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off-season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I have to start out today's podcast with a bit of an apology for not having a podcast yesterday. I know some of you also tuned in to Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento to hear me guest hosting the morning show. And that show was canceled as well. Why? Because I had a bit of a family emergency and not wanting to go into too many of the details had to do with my wife. Everybody is okay. Everything is fine, but a bit of a scary moment that we got through. Uh, So everything's cool. We're back to normal. I just wanted to let you know that that was the reason for not having a podcast yesterday. And I saw some of you tweeting me, some of you emailing me, expressing some disappointment of not having a pod, especially after that great win for the Kings over the San Antonio Spurs, a really complete game for Sacramento. My favorite part about this game is the fact that they really were in control from start to finish, but there were times there were pushes that the Spurs made that the Kings were able to handle in stride. And that was the most encouraging thing for me. 132 to 115, the final score in this game. The Kings had seven players in double figures scoring, including all five starters. And remember, this is coming off of, yes, it was a win against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I told you on the Locked On Kings podcast that with the exception of De'Aaron Fox having a good game, another 30-plus point game for him, everybody else was kind of quiet. Nobody scored. I Actually, I think only one player, which was Harrison Barnes, scored more than 15 points. I told you that cannot happen. The Kings need, on top of De'Aaron's good performance, at least two players scoring 15 or more in that starting lineup or one player scoring 20 or more. Well, the Kings had three players scoring 20-plus points in this win over San Antonio. Fox finished with 24. Rashawn Holmes finished with 23, along with 12 rebounds. Another double-double for him. He's just been so freaking good this year. You know how much I've gushed over him. I'm not going to spend too much more time on that. You've heard it already. Buddy Heald had a solid 20 points. He was shooting really, really well from three-point range, including that crazy shot. I don't know if you went back and saw this. If you watched the game, go and look at the highlights. I guarantee you'll find it. Buddy Heald missed a layup somehow came down with the rebound and instead of going back up for a putback he decided to dribble out to the corner three 
and shoot a turnaround jumper. No hesitation, turnaround jumper. Now, of course, Buddy Buckets made the shot. It was one of those things. Where I think Kyle Draper had probably his best call ever as a broadcaster here for the Sacramento Kings this season. He was just laughing because he called it the most buddy bucket of all time. And I think he's absolutely right. It's a perfect buddy healed moment of, oh my God, buddy, what are you doing? Nice shot. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. Uh, So kind of a crazy moment there, but buddy finished with 20 points. Tyrese Halliburton, 15 points, but 10 assists to go with it. Remember, I've talked to you about one of the concerns that I'm actually not really concerned. One thing that I'd like to see improve for Halliburton since coming into the starting lineup and playing a majority of his minutes with De'Aaron Fox is finding a way to be an effective distributor again like he was for the second unit off of the bench. Well, he figured that out against San Antonio. We saw a lot of opportunities for Fox to play off of the ball, which is really cool to see. Again, 15 points, 10 assists for Halliburton, and then 14 points for Harrison Barnes. But also, the Kings got a pair of bench players to provide double-figure scoring, and they were two new guys. Terrence Davis, 14 points in just 18 minutes off the bench. Mo Harkless, 13 points. And DeLon Wright, he only finished with two points but provided some very solid minutes for Sacramento. I was extremely impressed by the new guys in that win against the Spurs. They came in, they seem more comfortable already just after two games. They fit what the Kings are trying to do. You can see why GM Monty McNair called them value buys. He went out and bolstered his bench with not eye-popping production, not guys that were going to blow your socks off and completely change the game for the Sacramento Kings, but guys who could come in, fit in, and do their job. And we saw that to a T in this win against San Antonio. Davis with his shooting and spreading the floor. DeLon Wright is a more than capable secondary ball handler. Had a good chunk of minutes where Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox were able to be off the floor and he could control the offense. And then Mo Harkless, just a savvy NBA vet, can hit his outside shots, not bad on the defensive end of the floor. I liked the additions for Sacramento. They showed how good they can be in this game. Now, how much better can they be than what we saw? I'm not sure. I don't think you can expect two of the three of them to finish in double figures on a nightly basis. That being said... If this is what the Kings can get out of them from time to time, Sacramento is going to be very successful, especially when they're partnering that kind of bench production with the solid production they got out of the starting five. Against Cleveland, the Kings had one of their worst three-point shooting games of the season. They shot a woeful 23%. Well, they corrected that in San Antonio, shooting 50%, 18 of 36 from three-point range. No surprise, the Kings are winning games when they're shooting that well from three-point range. Their ball distribution was phenomenal. 29 assists to just six turnovers. The Kings have done a really good job consistently this season of taking care of the basketball, which is one of the things that we haven't talked about a lot because of the ups and downs and the outward struggles of this team. But even when the Kings were losing a lot of games, their defense was horrible, Controlling and taking care of the basketball was something that they did really well. Now, De'Aaron has also had games where his turnovers were way too high, but for a team that likes to play as fast as the Sacramento Kings at least want to, containing their turnovers this season has been a nice sight to see. And Luke Walton has brought that up a number of times in his post-game press conferences. Also, Sacramento on the defensive end, nine steals, six blocks. And maybe one of the most important team stats in this game is since the Kings moved away from their Rashawn Holmes, Marvin Bagley starting lineup, especially with the injury to Hassan Whiteside as of late, the Kings have been getting killed in the paint. Points in the paint have been largely in their opponent's favor. And they did lose the points in the paint battle against the Spurs on Monday night, but only by four, 56 to 52. 
Now, 56 points in the paint, you'd like to see that number come down a little bit, but to only lose the points in the paint battle by four when you're using an overall small lineup for the majority of your minutes, that's a tremendous win for the Kings. So let me ask you this. With all the ups and downs of this season, this is the third stretch this season that the Kings have been playing really, really, really well. I don't know which one to trust. I talked about that in my Locked On Now that I recorded right after this Kings win on Monday night. Is there something different about this stretch compared to the other solid stretches? Is there something that stands out? And not just the fact that the Kings have won five straight because they haven't done that this season, let alone in many seasons. It's been a while since the Kings have been able to do that. But not just that. What is different about this team? Is it really just these bench additions because they've only played two games since these bench additions have started playing. So it can't just be them. Is it De'Aaron Fox playing out of his mind? Well, maybe, but Fox only had, and I say only, had 24 points in the win over San Antonio. And it was arguably the Kings' most complete win against a playoff team in the Western Conference. What is different about this team? Is it just Tyrese Halliburton being in the starting lineup? Is it Marvin Bagley not playing, which is kind of brutal to say? What is different? You tell me at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com because it does feel different. Harrison Barnes said after the game winner versus the Cavs that this team is building something, that something is happening. This team knows what their goal is, and maybe that's the biggest difference. Monty McNair and the Kings, with how they handled the trade deadline, not only sent a message to the fans that play-in tournament, playoffs, that's what they were going for, they weren't going to tank, That message was also to the players. Monty McNair and the Kings told De'Aaron Fox, told Tyrese Halliburton, told Rashawn Holmes, told Harrison Barnes with what they did at the trade deadline and more importantly, what they didn't do at the trade deadline, which is trade away one of their signature pieces, even if he had significant value. McNair and the Kings sent the message to the Kings players that winning right now is what's important and we want to compete right away. Echoing the message of De'Aaron Fox, echoing the message of Tyrese Halliburton, echoing the message of Rashawn Holmes. All these players have believed from the get-go that they were capable of at least making the play-in tournament this season, even with the extreme ups and downs. And the Kings' front office supported those statements with the moves they made at the trade deadline. Is that the major difference? I think that's what makes most sense to me. But you tell me what's different. Again, at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. But check this out. As of right now, as of this morning, the Kings are one game back of the 10th spot, which is the final play-in spot. They're a game and a half back of 9th, two and a half back of 8th, and three back of 7th. Now, I'm not predicting anything, but the Kings are very much in the hunt, not just for the play-in tournament, but to be one of the real actual playoff seeds in that play-in tournament potentially getting some sort of home court advantage. Not that it matters too much because the Kings still don't have fans in the Golden 1 Center, but that would be significant for Sacramento to finish the season actually in the top eight seeds in the West. I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself. I know that I've bought into the excitement and the hype with this team before this season, and then it's come crashing down. I'm hoping that will be the case. I hope something is truly different, but they still have to prove that to all of us. This episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team 
or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations around and about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, NHL, and NFL on Locker Room. I will be joining the app as soon as I can to be sure to get started and I will meet you there. We will have some great exclusive Locked On Kings content on Locker Room, hopefully in the near future. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available only on iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and I can't wait to join you on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once Locked On Kings is alive. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Have you noticed before I brought it up in the intro of this Locked On Kings podcast that Marvin Bagley has not been with the team? I know you've noticed that Marvin Bagley has not been playing and that the Kings have had an extreme amount of success since Marvin Bagley went down with the injury. And I've tried to encourage everybody to not try to connect those dots and intentionally connect those dots in a way that brings Marvin Bagley down more than he already is. Look, the young man is fighting for his NBA career, been dealing with all of these injuries, just trying to make it work as a former number two overall pick. And regardless of the Kings selecting him, whoever selected him doesn't matter. Marvin's fighting a tough uphill battle. That being said, it is very eye-opening that the Kings have had this success since he has gone down. And I don't put it all on his shoulders that the Kings have struggled so much this season and are now doing so well without him. But I am noticing and am concerned by the fact that Marvin is not with the Kings team. He's not on the bench supporting them during this run. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not so much that he's not with the team while they travel to San Antonio, because I get that for COVID reasons or wanting to keep him home so he can uh, rehab and and get his uh, hand right and make sure he's back from injury and ready to hopefully contribute for this team and come back in some sort of bench role before the season is wrapped up, because the Kings could certainly use his production off the bench, especially in a play-in tournament or even playoffs scenario, but I didn't even notice Marvin Bagley with the team and on the bench during the home games. Did we see him involved in the celebrations of the Harrison Barnes game winner? No. Have we seen him at all, really, during this five-game win streak? Not that I can point out. And again, maybe I've missed something, so please, I want to be fair to the guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you've seen him on TV or you've seen him on the bench or somehow involved please let me know because I haven't seen the guy and that concerns me. When Tyrese Halliburton was hurt, he was on the bench, home games, road games, didn't matter every single time. Chemezi Metu was out for weeks after hurting his wrist on the bench for every single game. Hassan Whiteside has been out. Now he wasn't on the bench when he was going through COVID protocols for obvious reasons, but with his injuries, he's still been on the bench. Even Nemanja Bialica, who is having personal issues with the team and not playing, not getting playing time, he was still on the bench every single game. So why is it that Marvin Bagley isn't there or can't be there? I'll tell you what needs to happen. If the Sacramento Kings are instructing Marvin to stay away from the team and just focus on getting healthy, staying home during road trips, not coming to games and being on the bench during home games, if those are his instructions, the team needs to say so. Because if not, it looks really bad on Marvin. It looks like 
a disgruntled, grumpy, non-team player, a selfish young player who is frustrated, and rightfully so, with his injuries, but is even more frustrated with the fact that the Sacramento Kings are enjoying this much success with him being out. Not only do the Kings look better without him, he's making it look like he wants nothing to do with them by not being a part of these celebrations. Now, is that completely fair? I don't know, because we don't know where he is, and we don't know why he's missing time. So if the Kings publicly came out, if someone from the Kings, whether it was a trainer, head coach Luke Walton, Monty McNair, someone for the front office, anybody came out and said, no, we have encouraged Marvin Bagley to stay home, get healthy, work on his wrist, and get back and contribute for us in this play-in tournament push when he is healthy. If they say that, it makes things look a million times better than how they look right now because it looks like Marvin is pissed and not part of this team. The locker room is better without him. The team is better without him, and he doesn't want to be any part of it. And look, we know that Marvin probably wants a fresh start. We know that Marvin probably wants to move on. We also know that the Kings want to move on from him. But that doesn't mean that he should be outright uninvolved for the time period that he is out uninvolved in the celebrations of this team with the success that they're having right now, the chemistry building from that, especially if the Kings are hopeful that Marvin can come back and contribute. And if you're Marvin, wanting to get back, wanting to play again this season, especially if you believe you're a starter in the NBA, and we know Marvin and his camp believe that, why wouldn't you want to be with the team making sure that you can come back and it'll be a seamless transition back into you getting significant playing time? Or have you been informed already that this starting lineup that is out there right now is going to be the starting lineup permanently going forward? And even if you do get healthy, you're not going to be a starter anymore. If you were informed of that and are choosing to stay away from the team, it looks like you're taking your ball and going home. Looks like sour grapes. Looks like pouting. And that doesn't seem like the kind of person Marvin Bagley is based off of my interactions with the guy. But I don't know him personally. Again, I don't blame him if he wants a fresh start outside of Sacramento. I really don't. And I really don't have a problem with it overall. You know me. I'm ready for the Kings to move on from him. It hasn't worked. It could still work for him later on in his career, but somewhere else. I'm ready for the Kings to move on. I'm ready for Bagley to move on. But I would hope that Marvin would still want to be a part of this brotherhood in the locker room, because I know he has strong relationships in that locker room. I would hope that Marvin would want to be a part of this fun push that the Kings are putting together, that he would be hopeful that he could have the opportunity to come back, and even if it's off of the bench, play a significant role in a team trying to make the playoffs. Can you imagine how good it would look for Marvin if he comes back, dominates off the bench, putting up significant numbers like what we saw off the bench his rookie season? Can you imagine if Marvin Bagley gets the opportunity to play on national TV in postseason basketball and not just other teams, but other fans, Kings fans see what he can do in that secondary unit? That could be significant for his career going forward, especially if he wants a new opportunity. I don't get it. I really hope he is being instructed to stay away, rehab, and get right. I hope this is not his decision because it doesn't look good. Now, to be completely fair, Jason Anderson of the Sacramento Bee wrote an article about Marvin not being with the team that included a source from the Kings themselves, and that source did say that the Kings do have a plan to bring Marvin back and re-implement him once he is healthy, and the Kings are in constant communication with him. So it's not like he is leaving and ignoring the team completely. They are in communication. But still, I would like to know 
if Bagley has been instructed to stay home and stay away from the team right now or if he has chosen to do so because there is a major difference to me. I guess it doesn't matter that the Kings were victorious over the Spurs on Monday night, and I guess it doesn't matter the Kings have won five straight because betonline.ag has the Kings as underdogs tonight in San Antonio, only plus two and a half, but still underdogs a bit surprising to me. Betonline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, it is your place for all of your sports betting, whether it's the NBA, March Madness, NHL, MLB that starts tomorrow. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. Get off the sidelines, get in on the action, and make some money on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Because we missed a Locked On Kings podcast yesterday, we missed the first matchup in the flavorful four of Built Bar Madness. Cookies and cream fell to Cookie Dough Chunk. Cookie Dough Chunk is now in the championship, but who will they face? Mint brownie or coconut brownie chunk? First off, Built Bar, I've been telling you so much about it over the months. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, delicious tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. We are trying to find out which one is the best though, hence the reason we put together this Built Bar bracket. And we have the final flavorful four matchup. And this one is a big one for me. You know how invested I am with my mint brownie bar trying to get it to the championship. All it has to do is take down coconut brownie chunk. So all my mint brownie people out there, even if your bar's gotten knocked out, join the mint brownie train. Go to builtbar.com or tweet at bar underscore built on Twitter to submit your vote for mint brownie. Let's get mint brownie into the championship game to have a chance to take down cookie dough chunk, which by the way, cookie dough chunk is like my second favorite bar. So having the top two make the championship would be pretty rad. Head over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. If you haven't tried these bars, if you haven't tried Mint Brownie, give it a try. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. So Kings and Spurs, the rematch tonight. And like I told you in that betonline.ag read the Kings even though they were victorious over San Antonio on Monday they're not favored to win this game here tonight and truth be told that doesn't surprise me a little bit I was hoping going into these two matchups that the Kings would find a way to split now that they won the first one and to win the first game the way they did really handling the Spurs for the majority of the contest there might be the expectation that the Kings could and maybe should go 2-0 I'm not that far yet I do expect it to be a close game but I do have some come-down-to-earth expectations for this one, meaning I'm not expecting the Kings to shoot nearly as well as they shot in that game. I don't expect the Kings to shoot 50% from the three-point line again, an overall worse scoring game for them. I do expect a little bit worse of a defensive matchup now that the San Antonio Spurs have gotten their first good look at the Kings this season. I expect them to make adjustments, and we know the Kings have struggled with teams who have made adjustments in the past. I expect the Spurs to be significantly more physical in this game, knowing that the Kings struggle with physicality at times. I expect them to be more aggressive in the paint, scoring around the rim, taking more advantage of the Kings being undersized around there. And I don't know if we should expect 
the Kings bench and just the Kings overall contributions from everybody to be as good as they were in that game. Seven players finishing in double figures. I don't think that's happening tonight. I do think the Kings, though, can get five. And this game is very winnable. I expect it to be close. Hopefully, Sacramento can extend their winning streak to six straight. All in all, even if the Kings lose, if they're able to play similar to how they played in that first San Antonio game, if they're able to put together a performance that reflects the way they've played during this five-game win streak with the exception of the Cavaliers game, just avoid the kind of game that the Kings had in their win over the Cavaliers. That struggle shooting, just sloppy basketball, avoid that. If they do that, I'll feel good about tonight, and that'll give the Kings a really good chance to win again. What are your expectations for this game? Let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. While you're at it, send me your thoughts on Marvin Bagley being away from the team. Send me your thoughts on this stretch for the Kings, what you think is different, if anything is different at all for you, if you're buying in or if you're still hesitant based off of the ups and downs of this season so far. Send it to me. Let me know. I want to engage in conversation with you. And we will be back for tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, recapping this hopeful Kings win over the San Antonio Spurs once again. Hopefully the streak carries into tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast. If it does, you definitely have to join me. That is an order. If you wouldn't mind leaving a review for the Locked on Kings podcast, if you haven't already, best place to do that is Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars. Leave a little blurb about why you would encourage others to listen to the Locked on Kings podcast. I'd really appreciate that. And of course, I'd appreciate it if you stayed safe, stayed healthy, enjoyed the game tonight, and continued to be a loyal Sacramento Kings fan and Locked on Kings listener. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.